Hi guys, welcome to the Snooze Fest podcast. Um, today's episode will be just based on like a one minute conversation I had where some points were raised where I feel like addressing them so that I can get it out there. So I was watching um, some wrestling and then I had a conversation which got me thinking. When in this conversation I said, well, isn't this the same thing? Doesn't it offer the same things as an action movie? And this was to like a doubter of wrestling, like doubting why wrestling would be so entertaining. So my point is, here's the thing with wrestling. You watch wrestling for the storylines and the drama and the characters. So the gimmicks and all these things. And yes, it's uh, presented as fake, where some would say it isn't really fake. It's predetermined because the wrestlers do get hurt. They injure their bones. They Sometimes they have something called a stiff shot where they genuinely hit each other. Like I said, they get legitimate injuries. They get legitimate pains from being on the road so much, being in the wrestling ring, performing such high demanding moves on the body like spins, flips, kicks, dives, you know, um, uh, what do you call it, jumps, all these things. So it does take a massive toll on the body. So some would say predetermined and not fake. However, some of the moves are... They don't actually, a lot of the moves don't actually connect. So I would rather go with the term fake rather than predetermined. Even though I am a wrestling fan, I would say wrestling is fake. But however, like I said, you watch wrestling for the characters and the storyline and the drama and the athleticism. And that's the same reason you watch an action movie. It's called suspension of disbelief where even though you know it's fake, the people within the within the show within like uh, WWE or WWE Smackdown and within the action movie they act as though it's real because they're characters in a piece of entertainment so in turn the people watching the piece of entertainment suspend their disbelief and pretend that it's that it's you know real for an hour and a half or three hours however long the movie or the wrestling show will go on for so it's like you watch wrestling for the characters the narratives like I said and the athleticism in the ring same way you watch action movies for like when you watch an action movie fight scene you don't actually think like Vin Diesel is smashing some guy's head into a bit of glass and he's got shards of glass coming out of his eyes out of his ass whatever like you don't actually think these things but you suspend disbelief and you watch the fight scene and you get into it because it looks good it's well choreographed and practice goes into the choreography of the fight the same way practice goes into the choreography of the wrestling So the fight scenes in action movies and the fight scenes in wrestling have the same appeal. The same way wrestling and and action movies have the same fundamental appeal in themselves. Like uh, you watch both of them for the same reasons. Character, story, narrative and drama. So, you know, character, story, gimmicks, drama, high tension, passion, enthusiasm, um you know, get your adrenaline pumping. The fundamental needs that action movies meet are the same fundamental needs that pro wrestling meets. So I wouldn't really accept the fact that pro wrestling is fake, therefore it's uh, not fun. Because yes, pro wrestling is presented as a sport, but it isn't really a sport. Even the people who run pro wrestling industries, they call it sports entertainment. They don't even like to use the word wrestling anymore because it's literally that, it's sports entertainment. The same way you could argue that an action movie fight scene is athletic and it's sports because the stuntmen and the movie actors have to train so much, have to rehearse different moves, have to completely change their bodies for certain roles so that they can be more athletic and they can be more like sportsmen because they're sports entertaining us. The same way wrestlers are sports entertaining us. So yeah, my point is that pro wrestling and action movies 
they offer the same fundamental needs. They help viewers of the show reach the same fundamental needs, if that makes sense. And I'm making it sound like a romantic relationship, whatever. That's just how it is. Uh, so yeah, what is really the difference between pro wrestling and action movies? I would say action movies have a lot more high profile people uh, working on them. Action movies have a lot more time spent on one narrative. Whereas wrestling uh, spends like six weeks on one narrative, then moves on to another within three weeks, then moves on to another within another four weeks, then moves on to another within another six weeks. And you have multiple narratives going on at the same time across the show with the different characters and the different stories. Whereas movies is just one narrative where all characters are involved in that single narrative in one big cluster. And it's worked, and one narrative is worked on for months and months and months. Whereas in wrestling, 25 narratives that I worked on over that course of god knows like a year and 25 was just a figure i brought out of my head in terms of wrestling feuds and that means rivalries the amount of wrestling rivalries there are in a year is probably more than 25 or who knows yeah those are the fundamental differences between action movies and pro wrestling but the fundamental similarities are the same they offer the audience the same thing so i don't really accept the whole wrestling is boring because it's fake argument and i'm not even a I'm more of a casual fan, but even then I, I had to come and say that because that's a really um, inaccurate argument. Another, that apart from the high, profi- the high profile nature of movies and the extended effort on a single narrative, I'd say another difference is of course it's not performed in front of a live audience. Um, you could argue that action movies don't, insist that they are real and try to prevent them present themselves as real but they do even superhero movies do that like captain america does that superhero movie uh, superman does that uh four does that batman does that and uh superhero movies is something that i don't enjoy because they insist that on making it seem like it's real even though it's not real they insist on making it seem extremely realistic even though it could never feasibly happen in real life whereas a lot of wrestling storylines could feasibly happen in real life at times and for that reason, I'm not really a fan like that. But at the same time, I can see the appeal of superhero movies. So I can't understand why people who don't like wrestling, which is absolutely fine, can't see the appeal of it. Because the two departments of action movies and pro predetermined pro wrestling is very, very similar. So that's interesting to me. Um, and another, of course, is they're not performed... Action movies is not performed in front of a live audience. I don't know if I've said that or not, but uh, I don't. I don't see how that would be too relevant. It probably would be, but I'm not thinking right right now. If you performed action movies in front of a live audience, you wouldn't be able to perform all the stunts, destroy all the cars, uh, uh, have all the tense scenes because of the buzz in the crowd, and it just wouldn't be the same thing. A movie performed in front of a live audience wouldn't be a movie; it would be a play, and you can't have a live audience watching such a complex piece of art for so many hours straight just in front of them and movies are not always performed on set movies are not performed on set they're performed in various locations over the course of several months so you cannot have a group of people that are live viewers for a movie but uh, that's just an irrelevant tangent and uh, another thing that I want to talk about is contrarianism now contrarianism is when you reject popular opinion for 
opinions that the conventional that are not conventionally held. So the problem with contrarianism is that it goes against conventional wisdom and, and normal societal thinking and it tries to divert itself into different thinking, into thinking things differently than how other people are thinking them. Now the problem is contrarianism is and I'll get to that. There are positives of contrarianism, but contrarianism is now used as a case to feel special, as a case to feel different, as a case to feel like you're better than everyone else and you're cool and edgy, and to feel more righteous than everyone else, to feel like you're a better person than them because you think differently. So a lot of people use unpopular opinions as a way to separate themselves from society and from the community so that they can feel special about themselves, to give them a more improved sense of self and to give them a more improved sense of self-worth so if i really wanted to feel special i could see what everyone around me is thinking and i could think things differently for the sake of thinking things differently without having valid solid reasons just so i could feel like i'm better than them and just so i could feel like they're more stupid than me and so i could have feelings of superiority but the problem with feelings of superiority is that if you start to feel superior to certain people uh a lot of the time when you find people that you perceive to be better than you, you start to feel inferior. So the only way to get rid of feeling inferior is to get rid of feeling superior. And both of these things come from ego and attaching your sense of self and your identity to your actions and the things you're good at and the things that make you popular and liked by other people. So attaching your sense of self-worth to superficial things and things that don't really matter that much, that's what contrarianism can lead to. It's just uh, trying to be different for the sake of being different so you can feel special and better than other people, which, like I said, in turn leads you to feel disconnected. So that's the problem with contrarianism. Now let's discuss the advantages of contrarianism. Look, contrarianism gets a bad rap because a lot of people think that people do it to feel cool and different and uh, and gets under people's skin when you sometimes challenge conventional wisdom just for the sake of it because... Like I said to one of my friends, there is value in conventional wisdom because if there wasn't value in conventional wisdom, then it wouldn't be conventional wisdom. Something is, something is only common thought when it's proven to be true to some degree or even a massive degree. Like stereotypes, there is some truth to stereotypes or there wouldn't be stereotypes. Conventional wisdom has proved to be effective time and time again in history, obviously, for it to become conventional wisdom. And that's what makes a... Uh, functioning society. I would argue that a lot of Westerners are capitalists and a lot of Westerners are capitalists um, which means it's conventional wisdom and they're capitalists for a reason because capitalism has been the most effective model to live in a coherent well-functioning society in our history, in human history arguably. So like I said there's value in conventional wisdom so when people go against conventional wisdom people start to feel uncomfortable and question why, like what is this person's ulterior motive, what are they trying to gain, and all these things. But with the value in contrarianism, like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, all the best entrepreneurs throughout history must have been contrarian in some areas uh, for at least some of their lives. Like, Bill Gates must have made so many advances in computer science and technology in general because he saw the field of computer science and technology and he was looking within academic circles and he wasn't liking what he was seeing. He wanted to make an innovation. He wanted to make a change. He wanted to switch things up. And because he did that, he became a billionaire and at, at one point, the richest man in the world. Jeff Bezos probably looked at online shopping market 
and he wasn't he didn't like what he was seeing he probably rejected common notions just like bill gates did and through his contrarianism he launched amazon and he's now nearly a trillionaire um like a steve jobs steve jobs has that famous speech on youtube that everything around you that you see today that you call um amazing was created by people who are no who are no more better than you this could be you that's paraphrasing his great words but yeah he wasn't willing to follow the script so to speak and put himself in a box so like i said this is the value in contrarianism sometimes to be different sometimes to achieve extraordinary things you have to be disliked you have to be opposed you have to be rejected you have to be thought of as a scumbag you have to be thought of as a weirdo you have to be thought of as somebody who doesn't belong you have to be a contrarian sometimes because if you're thinking the same things as everyone else you're only considering the same things as everyone else and if you're only considering the same things as everyone else you only know what everyone else knows so you just live uh, similar lives to what everyone else lives whereas if you want to live a fulfilling meaningful life where you achieve something to your standards and if you want to think properly and not just uh, go by the lines of thinking of how school taught you to think but actually think actually use first principles and question things if you want to do that sometimes you're going to have to be contrarian so that's my argument for why occasional contrarianism is useful and um, yeah that's just to continue this a little bit, I was just thinking about how most of our problems land in ego. Like uh, when when I was having this conversation, I was wondering, I was thinking about the conversation. I was thinking maybe this person is right, or how would I answer this question or these things? And when I get caught up in like, oh, this person's an idiot, they're stupid, they don't know what they're doing. I probably get my identity and my sense of self involved. That the fact that they didn't know the answer to this says something about me and uh, why I think this and why they don't and everybody has to think the same way I do and the fact that somebody would think these things about things that I like probably says something about how I shouldn't be liking these things I either take it that way, that way or I take it the way of once again superiority like oh this, pe- this person just doesn't understand this or this person's stupid this is what I would say this is what I would say to them but then again, like uh, you can't get annoyed at like ignorance, so to speak. Sometimes you just have to explain yourself calmly and collectively, and realize that no matter how much you mess up your point, or no matter how much the person rejects what you're saying, or no matter how much you might be wrong, it doesn't say anything about you as a person because the sense of self is a constructed thing. It's just a narrative of who you are that you spun up in your mind through how you were raised, your childhood, your teenage years, your adulthood, and voices that you internalize from your community around you. You could always change your idea of who you are, and it just comes from letting go of your ego and realizing that you're not that important, and the things you do, and the things you get yourself wrapped up in, and the things you think are the end of the world, and uh, the center of all important things really are not that important. That comes, from, that comes down to taking yourself less seriously so that's um that was just another philosophical tangent i don't know maybe i fancy myself as a philosopher but yeah that's just uh, something to be said about why you should probably let go of your ego and why it would help you a lot because the more you let go of your ego the more you stop putting yourself at the forefront of everything that is important in the world and the more you put yourself at the forefront of everything that is important in the world the more you are likely to hate on yourself when things go wrong or when things don't go to plan or when you suck at something you expected to be brilliant at 
or when your idea of who you are comes crashing to a halt because of what somebody says or of an ex- or because of an external event that happened and then you start to question yourself you start ruminating and you know, thinking maybe I'm not this guy maybe I'm this guy instead uh, I'm, I'm so used to this and that so the only way to get rid of all that is to not really care too much about who you are and what you are and what everybody's thinking about how you, about your place in the world because spoiler alert like nobody's thinking about uh, your place in the world no one cares G and um, that's been my podcast and yeah episode 708 I think see ya